Need to get schooled on the latest in the world of college football? ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. The CCT scoreboard on ESPN 1000. Let's take a look at the top 25 scoreboard in college football right now. Oklahoma up 14-0 on Kansas State with nine minutes left in the second quarter. Kentucky, Auburn, it's 8-7 Tigers. Auburn with the one-point lead, six minutes left in the second quarter of that contest. Florida, Ole Miss, how about this? 14-all early in the second quarter, nine minutes left in that one. Georgia Southern and Louisiana, they're tied at seven with five minutes left in the second quarter. Louisville and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh leads 13 to 10 with seven minutes in the second quarter. UCF and East Carolina, closer than the experts think. Uh UCF leads 10 to seven with two minutes left in the first quarter of that contest as we keep our eyes on the top 25 scoreboard right here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Glad that you're with us for Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan, Adam, and Chris with you. Alabama will take on Missouri at 6 o'clock. Alabama, a heavy favorite. We'll see what happens here, not only in this game, but throughout the season with the Crimson Tide. Our friend Mike Rodak from AL.com joins us here, covers the Crimson Tide like a blanket. He joins us on Chicago's College Tailgate here on ESPN 1000. Mike, Jonathan, Adam, and Chris, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me on. I want to get your thoughts. Before we talk about today's game, just your overall thoughts on Alabama last season. What's that most about the Crimson Tide season? Yeah, I mean, they, they took some hits with injuries even before the season started. I mean, the Dylan Moses, the preseason All-American linebacker, him going down really, really hurt him, forced him into a spot where they had to start two freshmen and inside linebacker and just never was Nick Saban's defense in terms of how you know well they were able to play and obviously the – the LSU and Auburn games, it really showed that. I think 96 points combined they let up in those games. and uh, just it, it didn't have the same feel as those previous Alabama teams, even as the offense was able to put points on the board. And then you know you add in the, the two injury, or both of them, two, both two injuries later in the year, and that really hurt them. So, I mean, they were still a very good team. It's just they weren't quite at the same level as they've been used to. Mac Jones is going to quarterback this team uh, this year. And, you know, with Bryce Young waiting in the wings, how has that played in Alabama? And do we see Bryce Young at some point this year in a non-backup role? I would say it's probably less likely than I would have imagined, you know, when this offseason first started. And when you're talking about the potential for Bryce Young to have a spring season of practices and a spring game and all that and, that's kind of gone away. I mean, they're still impressed with Bryce Young, but I think they're they're much more leaning towards having the, the known quantity in, in Mac Jones under quarterback. So I think it's going to take a real rough start to the season uh, for us to see Bryce Young by the end. I don't think it's a situation like, you know, Clemson a couple of years ago with, with Kelly Bryant, and everybody kind of knew that, you know, Trevor Lawrence was going to start that year. I, I don't think it's quite at that level. I think it's it's a decent chance that Mac Jones may go the entire season and then they'll they'll turn to Bryce Young next year so uh they like Mac he's obviously not the same talent that Tua was or not the same talent that you know Bryce Young is expected to be but he did a a pretty good job for him last year I mean other than the two pick sixes he threw in the iron bowl you take those away and those were bad plays on his part but 
I mean, he performed pretty well for him last year, and I think they he showed something that they didn't really expect to see from him, and I think they believe that they can ride that, you know, to some extent this season. Mike, earlier on the show, we were talking about Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss and, and kind of how Kiffin used Alabama to then promote himself onto his next head coaching job. When I look at the offense for the Crimson Tide and Steve Sarkeesian is the offensive coordinator, how has he fit in with Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide there in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I wasn't here the first time he was here as an analyst when he had just gotten fired from USC. And um, I think there was, you know, some, some consternation there at the end of his tenure before he left for the Falcons. But um, you know, he seems like he, he's fit in well here. I mean, it's, it's obviously easy when you have the weapons that they had last year to kind of run that RPO offense and run it up tempo and, um, you know, put some big points on the board as they did last year. And it might be a little bit more of a challenge this year. And I think they're going to tweak their offense back to a little bit more of the familiar, you know, ground-based Alabama game. They love Najee Harris, their senior running back who decided to come back. And they have a lot of depth at that position. I think more depth at running back than, they have at wide receiver, having lost Jerry Judy, having lost Henry Ruggs. They still have, you know, potentially two All-Americans and in, in Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. But I think their strength is more along the offensive line and at running back than it quite is, you know, at, at pass catcher, at least beyond the top, the top two guys there. So, yeah, I think Sark's going to turn back to more of a ground game. And whether that elevates him to be a head coach or not uh, remains to be seen. But I still think the overall job that he's done – with Mac Jones is probably worthy of him getting back into a head coaching role. And he wants to, I think that's been made pretty clear. And I talked to a couple of his former assistants a couple weeks ago, actually. And, you know, they all think that he, he's going to be a head coach soon. Um, it's just a matter of finding the right opportunity. He had some interest in Colorado this offseason, had some interest in Mississippi state, but ultimately decided to stay here. And I think he'll, you know, he'll have some more jobs coming his way after this season. Mike Rodak covers the Crimson Tide for AL.com. He joins Jonathan Adam and Chris on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Mike, when you look at the Crimson Tide, I think the three of us, including you, would say that the Tide would be the favorite in the West. But who's second? Who really stands out as someone that could really uh, turn some heads second or maybe third in the West? Yeah, it's, it's a very good question. I think, obviously, LSU was expected to be that team, but they took more losses than I think people really expected this offseason. And we'll have to see how they come out today against Mississippi State and kind of get a sense of, all right, are they you know similar to last year at least, or are they just a completely different team now? I think that's a question that will answer you know the, who's number two. Um, personally, you know, I liked what I saw out of Auburn last year in the Iron Bowl. And that was my first Iron Bowl I've ever covered, so it's not like I have – you know, a wide base of knowledge on Auburn, but they, they played pretty well. And uh, I was impressed by Bo Nix. And I want to say he was either second or third team all SEC picked by the coaches. And the coaches seem to have a lot of respect for Bo Nix. So if I'd put my money on it, I'd probably say Auburn number two. Um, but I'm sure LSU sitting there and thinking, man, we're being disrespected to some extent. And we're still, you know, the defending national champions. And I think they'll, they'll probably stake their claims to that spot as well. The defense is finally healthy. There's not linebackers dropping like flies all over the place. Dylan Moses is healthy. They're going to have Patrick Sertan at corner. But tell me about uh, Will Anderson and this freshman who's going to be starting at Jack linebacker for the Tide. 
Yeah, a guy who really rose quickly as a recruit last year. I think it was a, a four-star prospect and got elevated to a five-star and just kept kind of going up the rankings even before he got to Alabama. And then he got here, and there was a pretty big opportunity for him because they lost both of their starters at outside linebacker to the NFL and Terrell Lewis, who's with the Rams now, and an Anthony Jennings, who's with the Patriots. And they didn't really have guys kind of waiting in the wings. I mean, that was a spot where a freshman – could come in and start, but it's not as if he's just starting by default and they're just handing him the job. I mean, he's really impressed them. I think they even see him as potentially one of their best defensive players already, uh, just from a pure you know talent and pass rushing standpoint. So it's been a little while since Alabama's had you know a, an elite pass rusher, shall we say? And um, it, it seems like you know he he could be that that guy. Um, you know, he hasn't played a game yet. I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves there, but um, it, it's been, I'd say, near universal praise for him so far. This is the opening weekend for the SEC, and I want to know what has the conversation been like in Tuscaloosa with the locals with the fact that the SEC waited till the end of September to kick off their season? What are people saying in town? I think there's a little bit of, all right, let's just get this thing going, especially when you're watching other college football games, you know, the last couple of weeks. And even within the building, too, I kind of just sensed a, um, not, not a frustration, but just, you know, at some point they just wanted to play football. And they were sick of tired, sick of talking about things like COVID. And, um, you know, I think as much as they wanted to talk about the social justice part of it, and they had the team march at the end of August, I think they also wanted to focus on football and not necessarily be asked about that every single day. So I think it's nice just for them to have a football game to talk about. And and that's ultimately, you know, the, the biggest thing in Tuscaloosa, that's the main attraction. Um, As far as fans, honestly, a lot of fans actually praise the SEC for what they did with the delay. Um, I think Greg Sankey, the commissioner came out looking pretty well in this um, because of kind of his patience, shall we say, in, in waiting to make a decision and, in the meantime, you have the Big Ten, which flipped and flopped. You have the, the Pac-12, which flipped and flopped. And at the end of the day, the SEC probably comes out looking the best, uh, even though there was that three-week delay. I, I don't think fans are, are mad about it. I think, yeah, they, they wanted football, but I, I think they're happy with the way the SEC kind of you know, played its cards here. Mike, we're glad you spent some time with us. We just want to get an idea of what we can expect from the Crimson Tide. Hope to talk to you again soon. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, Mike Rodak from AL.com with us here on Chicago's College Tailgate. You know, Adam, is there something about the name uh, Mac Jones? It's not just Jones. It's not Mac. It's just Mac Jones (laughs) put together. Yeah, look, I think that Mac Jones is a great quarterback. I think that, you know, Bryce Young is going to be an even better quarterback, but there's no point in this is going to have that Jalen, that first – Jalen first year to a field where you're going to see Mac Jones and they're going to put up a bunch of points on Missouri today. And then Bryce might come in uh, for a few snaps late in the game, a few snaps. He might come in for a quarter the way this game might be going. Mm -hmm. And people are going to see that he is a great player and what he can do. And so I don't think they're going to rush him because they have a lot of time with him. And this is Mac Jones team right now. And he's proven in big games last year that he can perform well, that he is capable. He's not, you know, the old, oh, let's just put in a guy that's going to hand it off to Najee Harris 30 times a game. This is a guy that can, you know, more than just manage the game, he can win you football games. 
Do you guys think that Mike heard you uh, saying who underneath every single time he said Mac Jones? I don't Jones? think so. The first time I thought so, maybe because he paused a little bit. But then, I don't know. Maybe he I don't know. Well, he's got to stop saying it. Just say Jones. You know, when you put the, when you say Mac Jones, who? Mac Jones. I mean, that's what's going to happen. This is going to happen all season. Stop saying Just say Jones. Listen, 281-330-8004. We know it. Let's <laughs> we go to break. Let's uh, talk about the two thirty matchup: Mississippi State against LSU. Let's hear from the coaches. Ed Ogeron, the head coach from LSU, says the players are ready to go. And Mike Leach, the new coach from Mississippi State, yeah, says go, uh, go, he go, talks go, a little go, bit go, about the football game. It's going to be great. We're going to have a great football game today. It's just good to be playing football again, gentlemen. It's just great to be go Tigers. And Mike Leach also says yep. where the team is headed into the LSU game. The same stuff. Oh, yeah, same stuff. Get ready. Uh, tomorrow's Focus Friday. We're going to beat the drum. We're going to have walkthroughs. We're going to Lod Cook. We're doing all the same stuff. Uh, we'll walk down the Tiger Walk, have our clap session before, put our suits on. Uh, whoever's on the Tiger Walk, just tell them to cheer loud. I think these, these young men are going to be awfully excited. They're excited to play something else. I think that's, that's where you're going to get most of the energy from. Uh, I would say we're a work in progress. I, I think that um... – we're a work in progress. I think we're getting better. I mean, most of what we see is encouraging, and uh, everybody wants everything perfect all the time. Um, but we are seeing great energy, and uh, so we want to get closer to perfect and uh, and do it even faster. You know, I mean, that's what you're always working on, and uh, no matter what happens, you're working on that. But, uh, you know, the biggest thing is is we got some explosiveness, but we want to have some consistency. We want to... We want to, uh, uh, you know, we we want we want to stay explosive, but we uh, we want to have uh, uh, higher on base percentage. How would that? How's that? ESPN One Thousand Chicago College Tailgate Show with Jay Hood, Black, and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN Chicago app. Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Along with Chris Bleck and Adam Abdallah, Jonathan Hood with you. We're here every Saturday giving you the best in college football conversation. Three huge college football fans, and we're uh, really happy this Saturday because the SEC is back, and soon the Pac-12 will be will uh, return. And by the way, you know it's college football, Abdallah, when your guy, Eli Gold, is right there He's hosting, hey, coach, it's the coach show with Nick Saban. There he was, the voice of of Alabama right there with dad, your dad, Adam. There he was, Nick Nick Saban doing his coach's show. Well, Uh, yeah, and, you know, coach was late because he was on a recruiting call and uh, he doesn't he's not driven to the or driving to the the restaurant because he's doing it from home on a Zoom call. And so he was late. And uh, they had to delay the show a little bit, or vamp, if you will, Phil. But Eli Gold's a professional. He probably just talked about games from the 40s and 50s. Um, (laughs) So so then he comes on, and, you know, he's he's taking Zoom calls for people. I think Brad Edwards jumped on at one point. What? (laughs) With the call, yeah. Wait a minute. It was was a show, man. It was something. and, And Black with the line of the day early, as we saw on game day, Nick Saban in an empty conference room, right? 
Yeah, an empty uh, conference room looking uh, to help you get out of your uh, your real estate investment. So he's got a uh, five easy steps to put money in your pocket. I mean, it looked like he was at a Holiday Inn Express conference room waiting to, to hand out some free donuts and orange juice to give his tips to staying rich. I mean... I mean, how sad was that? I mean, listen, we well, get it's it. Missouri. It's Missouri. What is this? Where's but... he? It's Missouri. Where's he staying? The Four Seasons? I mean, come on. No, I'm. I'm just saying, you you could put something behind him uh, right. that's not just empty chairs. I mean, jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's Nick Saban. I thought a step and repeat would right be behind him with like the Alabama logo, but it looks so. It looks so barren, so sad. Just like Jonathan, you know, you know we we run the ads on ESPN 1000. They're like. Uh, you you can invest in your program and with right. five easy steps right. we will flip your real estate and right. you will get out of your. I mean, that's what he looked like. <laughs> yeah, you guys think he's he's worried about that, not worried about Missouri. Come on, he's focused. He's focused. Yeah, we're, hey, we're listen, about just uh, make sure you in the first half. Hopefully, the Crimson Tide are up by seventeen. Yeah, you step and repeat that, Mac Jones. Get it done for us in the first half. <laughs> Some thoughts now from Heather Dennett from ESPN. She says that varying schedules that we see across the conferences in the Power Five could complicate the college football playoff. Listen. I think all the pieces to the puzzle are in place, and what it does as far as the national landscape is make it a lot more difficult for the 13-member college football playoff selection committee to choose their top four teams this year. You have different conferences playing different number games, starting at different times, and... The most important thing is they're all getting their championship games in before Selection Day on December 20th. So, you know, the Mountain West made their selections. The Mac Maction will take place during the weekday. That odd Tuesday game will pop up again for Maction. But, uh, you know, as Abdallah mentioned earlier, Chris, the, the idea that the Pac-12, here they come, and boy, just – you, we, we talk about Bettman and we talk about, you know, the commissioner for Major League Baseball and uh, Rob Manfred not being great at their jobs. That commissioner for the Pac-12 is not great. Here he is at the at the 11th hour trying to jam in the Pac-12, and it's like, well, what if USC, what if one of those teams in that same division you talked about gets hot? Well, you want a full complement of games to prove that you belong. I don't see how the Pac-12 belongs uh, in this spot because of the limited amount of games. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott, which West Coast Bias in the Twitch chat. You can watch us on Twitch. Yeah. Producer Cam, uh, ESPN 1000 Chicago. Uh, he calls him Limo Larry, which is a fantastic nickname for Larry Scott. Uh, Jonathan, you're right. You know, if you go back to the uh, preseason rankings for the AP Top 25, the only Pac-12 team in the top 10 is Oregon at 9. And when you look at the rest of the conference, USC comes in at 17 and Utah at 22. There's not a whole lot of uh, a juice to get excited about when you look at the Pac-12 heading into this college football season. I know since this season has started, they eliminated the Big Ten and the Pac-12 teams from the AP 25 until they start playing games. So I find it hard to believe. I mean, what you'll have to see is Oregon will have to go undefeated or USC will have to go undefeated and look really impressive in doing so to jump up into that top five, top four conversation as far as the best teams in the country. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, when you, when you only play a certain amount of games, it's going to come down to the eye test, right? 
Like, does Oregon look like one of the best teams in the country? Does USC look like one of the best teams in the country? I think you're going to run into, if you have two undefeated SEC teams, if you have Ohio State being undefeated and you have Clemson being undefeated, then I don't see a way that the Pac-12 even gets consideration, right? Like, if we're talking about it in terms of trying to make the playoff, I don't see how a team that unless they go undefeated and absolutely are rolling over opponents, but, you know, if they're playing their own conferences, Oregon's going to have to play Stanford, all that kind of stuff. So I think it's going to be tough to try to get a Pac-12 team in there. And this is all assuming that they don't have to miss a game. You know, they're playing yeah. with these tight yeah. windows like we've talked about, you know, with Notre Dame and, and, and Wake Forest being canceled today. They have the luxury of moving that game. You know, the SEC teams have a few open dates. The ACC, the Big 12, they all have a few open dates where they can move things. The Big 10 and the Pac-12 don't have that luxury anymore because they decided to start their season so late. Jonathan, do you think that this is just a situation where we're rolling towards this idea where the Big 10 and the Pac-12 get left out of the college football playoff, but then they announce at some point in December that they're going to hold a traditional Rose Bowl between the two conferences like we used to see back in the day to then qualify a champion between the two conferences? Well, if I'm Ohio State, I'd be salty at that idea, right? Because the best team in the Big Ten more than likely will be Ohio State. Of course, it always comes down to Ohio State against Michigan, and I'm going to favor Ohio State nine times out of ten. If you feel like you're a strong uh, uh, team and if you're the Buckeyes, you don't want any part of that. If you're the second or the the third team in the Big Ten and you want to do that with the Pac-12, that's fine. But if, I, my, if I'm Ohio State up dollar, I want no part of that. If I've run the table or if I've had a, a great season in the Big Ten, truncated as it is, I want to take on the big boys and get at least take my chances against uh, an ACC opponent like Clemson or one of the top SEC teams. Look, I think, I think the Big Ten is safe. I think they're in there. I think that Ohio State is going to look like they belong, and they're going to be in there. So, yeah, if you want to do a Rose Bowl between Oregon and Penn State, by all means, go right ahead. Do you guys have the Whoa. Auburn game on right now? Do you see- yeah, yeah, dude, what, it's getting weird at Jordan Hare. What, what in the world is going on here? The score, the, whoever's running the scoreboard just put 80 to 7. So it's, uh, it's so basically Kentucky had an opportunity with a few seconds left on the clock. They had, a, they were at like third, they were on like the three yard line in a goal line situation and they oh, threw man. a pick six and right. then they went to review and Malzahn is pissed. Oh my God. I mean, not so only is he upset, not only is he upset, but also he looks like a coach from the 1960s with that, that that really white shirt and that tie. I mean, what 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 is? Did you that? guys see? Did you guys see Gus Malzahn on game day earlier today? I mean, he did not seem happy. And and you know the the conversation around Auburn last mm. season. Do you guys remember oh. to save his job? He took over play calling duties, and yes. now this season he's going back to not calling the plays. Chad Morris is now the offensive coordinator for Auburn, and they're expecting big things from that Auburn offense with Bo Nix. But, I mean, I, listen, as as someone in Abdallah, I think we're both on the same beat here. We're both on Kentucky in this game, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's good for us because there was an illegal block in the back, it looks like, on the return, oh, where an Auburn player took out two Kentucky players. Um, and then they just – oh, yeah, and then they just took a knee and they're going into halftime. Yes. <laughs> God, yes. that's sad. So <laughs> sad. <laughs> Woo! So, 
So that's uh, so Auburn uh, leading Kentucky eight seven, a game that is uh, yes indeed a game that we're keeping our eyes on for sure uh, in the SEC. All right, coming up, we give you our Saturday night specials. Also, we'll keep our eyes on Heisman Watch. Um, there's some names that are popping up in Heisman Watch. We'll get to and also preview a few more games that are going to take place later on this afternoon and this evening. You're listening to Chicago's College Tailgate on Chicago's Home for Sports. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show. With Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The CCT Scoreboard on ESPN 1000. Let's take a look at the top 25 scoreboard in college football. At halftime, Oklahoma, the number three team in the country, is up 21-7. On Kansas State. Halftime, Kentucky and Auburn. Auburn leads by one, eight to seven in that contest. Other scores in the top 25, 12 seconds left in the second quarter. Florida leads 21 to 14 over Ole Miss. At halftime, Georgia Southern and Louisiana tied at seven. Louisville and Pittsburgh, two minutes left to go in the second quarter. Pittsburgh's up three, 20 to 17. Six minutes left in the second quarter between UCF and East Carolina. Closer than the experts think. UCF only leads by six, 13-7. And that's a top 25 scoreboard right now in college football here on Chicago's College Tailgate. It's time to put money in your pocket. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? It's the Saturday Night Special. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winner. And I know the winner. It's time to put money in your pocket. It's the Saturday Night Special on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000. All right, place your bet. Saturday night specials on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN 1000 CCT. We're with you every Saturday afternoon. Notre Dame obviously canceled because of COVID-19, but we're on usually before every Notre Dame game right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. By the way, guys, did you see this line for the quarterback for the Sooners, Rattler? 17 for 19, as, as Chris mentioned, Oklahoma leading K-State by the score of 21 to 7 at the half. Rattler, 17 for 19, 181 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. That's a busy first half. Oh, yeah. And, and also closer than the experts think at the moment as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I told about that. Well, I see Leach up here. Uh, and we're going to start here with Mississippi State against LSU as we give our picks uh, you know, Adam, before I even go into it, I just think that Leach's system is conducive to what you see in the SEC. But do you, the other thing is, too, is that you got to recruit those athletes, right? I mean, Lane Kiffin has a way with certain players where he can be able to get them to come to his program. I just think that the already established teams, the good teams, the SEC, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Floridas, they're going to have a leg up on Leach. So no matter what system, can he recruit the, the, the power that you need defensively or the top-notch recruits? Uh, to me, he's going to have third best, at, I think, at best at Mississippi State. 
Yeah, but that also means that Lane Kiffin then gets fourth and fifth best. I guess. Because we'll I'm going I'm going to play for I'm going to play for Leach before I play for Kiffin if I if I'm a student. <laughs> There's That's someone else. There's another big name coach now in the same state. Prime time. Dion. Oh, get Jackson out of here. State. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right. Get out of right. here with that. All right. Jackson Whatever state, that baby. is. Well, Jackson, Jackson what do you mean? State. Whatever it is. Jackson State. Well, it's Jackson State Barstools. I got you. Oh, oh. cool. There you go. Cool. <laughs> there you go. Take your crap on HBCU because that's really 2020. We move now to Mississippi State against LS. <laughs> Mississippi you, State you think, against LSU. You think uh, Deion Sanders is really going to get it done? That's a full time gig. He's still doing three three TV shows a week. That's my point. That's why I called them the Jackson State Bar Stools. He can't do he's all that it. other stuff and still win at a, a school that needs a full time effort from a head coach. He's, he can do that. He, yeah. can zoom, he can zoom that stuff in right there at the yeah. on the campus. The man played yeah. two professional sports. Of course, yeah. he can do that. Yeah, he and he and El <laughs> Prez. Good luck. I, I think that I think he'll be doing just fine. And actually, that can open up more people to even come to the school. That's actually a positive. It doesn't matter if he wins or not. It just opens up more of a spotlight on HBCUs. One and two, maybe athletes will decide if I can't get to a big school, I'll go play for him or play for any HBCU. That's good for the conference, even more so than Jackson State. Everything about that? How about that? Mississippi State will take on LSU. Uh, this will not be close. Mike Leach's offensive system, I don't know overall how that works for him long for the long haul, but the size and speed uh, in the middle of LSU's defense is going to be a major problem. Even though most of those players are unproven, you just think that there's going to be next man up for LSU. They're going to exploit a Mississippi State offensive line that uh, has put way too much emphasis, I think, on speed uh, rather than size and power. Uh, I love LSU. Even though this this Stingley news came out right before we came on, Derek Stingley, the defensive back, uh, is out, not because of COVID-19, but he's out. I still will stand tall with the LSU minus 16.5 against Mississippi State. Lock it up. Uh, I'm going to get this one out of the way uh, because I know Chris will just go, yeah, give me the same thing. Alabama and Missouri. Alabama, 24-9 and in the first half when the spread is between 10 and 20 and a half since 2012. Missouri's missing, like, I think they're only bringing 70 players because of people that have had to be quarantined because of COVID. I don't know if they're – I don't know if Alabama is capable of keeping it, uh, you know, uh, if they can cover the 28 and a half or whatever it is now because it was at, like, 25 last night when I checked. And by, by kickoff, it might be up to 30. But that first half line of 16 and a half, I think that – They'll be able to dominate uh, Missouri, who we joke about should be in the Big Ten anyway. And uh, I think you see Mac Jones light it up a little bit. Jalen Waddle, you know, Najee Harris, uh, you know, uh, 804, or what is it, 330804, something like that. Um, oh, come and, on, Adam. Uh, you don't have to me, rush through the, it. Just, get, just come on with it. For God's sake. 281 Thank uh, you. So give me Alabama minus 16.5 in the first half. Lock it up. Lock it up. Chris? You know, I'm I'm actually not going to give that bet for one of my picks. I I used oh. my DraftKings fifty dollar free bet on that one, so I hope oh. it I hope it hits. Uh, so I'm looking look yeah. Casino Queen Sportsbook. Yeah, so um, I, I just shout out to DraftKings because I used my fifty dollar free bet on that uh, Alabama first half number. But uh, so my first pick no for, uh, huh? for the 
Yeah, oh. uh, my first um, bet for the show today. Let's go to number 16, Tennessee, at South Carolina, tonight at 6.30 on the SEC Network. Uh, the line right now, Tennessee minus four. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I've uh, kind of looked at here is Tennessee's running back, Eric Gray, the sophomore. Last season, he was a big part of the Vols uh, offense and how they were able to run the football last year. Uh, two wins over Vanderbilt and Indiana. He ran for 332 yards. And the one thing I would point out with South Carolina is they lost three starters on the front line, led by Javon Kinlaw, who went to the NFL draft. So I think the Vols are going to be able to eat the clock and run the football on the road against the Gamecocks. I'm taking Tennessee minus four for my first pick. Nicely done. Tennessee minus four. Alabama taking uh, Adam taking the first half in the Alabama game minus sixteen and a half. I love LSU minus sixteen and a half. As we do our Saturday night specials here on ESPN one thousand. Let's go to Florida State against Miami. Adam James Blackman is a veteran quarterback uh, who should be able to push the ball down the field a bit against a Miami secondary that struggled uh, against Malik Cunningham and Louisville. So defensively, the Knolls uh, have the starting eleven to keep. Derek King from getting too creative. Uh, this isn't a Florida State program that exudes a whole bunch of confidence at the moment. It's brand new. You can understand. Norvell can't even be uh, at the game or on the sidelines because of COVID-19. I'm afraid of the number, but I, I do like the under in this one. Give me the under at 54 for Florida State Miami. Lock it up. We'll stay in Miami. Is uh, oh, the story rivalry oh, Miami. Three Miami. for three. Miami led the series 34, leads the series 34 to 30, including three wins in a row. Listen, 10 and a half is a lot in a rivalry game because you know what you do in rivalry games. You take those records, throw them out the window. Uh, Derek King has, has an adjusted yards per attempt of 10 and a half yards per play. Like I said, 10 and a half is a lot. So I'm going to go with another first half bet. Give me Miami, <sighs> give me my, Miami minus six and a half for the first half. Just cover the touchdown in the first half. That's all I need. Just give me a touchdown in the first half. Log it up. All right, Adam, who do you like in the game? I think Miami wins, but I don't know if it's by 10 and a half. Do you like I think the it's un- a touchdown game, yeah. I think, uh, I, yes, I, I I think like it's, the under two. I, I, I was afraid of the number, but you did smartly by just going first half, which is great, Chris, because Adam is letting the, the college football viewer know, just stick around the first half. You don't have to worry, watch the whole game if you don't want to. Time spent watching. <laughs> Just watch the first tab. Let's see how what happens, right? Well, it's also sooner to get the money into your account. Uh, True. If you, if you True. lock that in for the first half. Uh, so, Abdallah, we didn't uh, confer, uh, confirm our notes before the show, but oh. I am going with that same exact <sighs> bet. First stamp. half, six and a half, stamp that up. Double that up. How about that? We're going to need a tiebreaker at the end of this. All right. We're going to need a tiebreaker. We go now to Texas, Texas Tech. So Texas Tech will get its uh, yards. It'll make things interesting. But the Texas offense will be on all cylinders without question. Uh, It's not going to be Ellinger throwing for 400 yards, but the attack will blow past the 500-yard mark when it's all squared away because the running game is going to take over. Uh, I think this is going to be... It's going to be a ton of points in this game, and Texas is going to have the majority of them. I love the over 70-and-a-half with Texas, Texas Tech. Lock it up. Uh, I'm going to pick on the little kid. Um, We're going to take Baylor minus 17-and-a-half against Kansas. 
SP Plus has this as a 30-point margin for Baylor. And Kansas, as we all know, the last time we saw them play, they lost to the Coastal Carolina fake bird chance of clears by 15. So uh, give me Baylor minus 17.5 against Kansas. Uh, lock that up. Chris? Jonathan? Okay. Oh, I see oh, what no. you're doing. Oh, I see what you're oh, cooking no. with. Oh, no. Uh, 230 on Fox, Texas, the Longhorns against the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. <sighs> so, Jonathan, on, here's, here's what's interesting. You said that Sam Ellinger is not going to throw for 400 yards. He will not. Well, that's key because I think he throws over 305 and a half yards. My bet is Sam Ellinger. <laughs> yes, I'm going prop bet here. No, I'm, I'm not kidding, bet? guys. No, no, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, thought, hold on. I thought giving a halftime bet was weird. You're giving out prop bets? What is going against, on? Against Houston Baptist, Texas Tech gave up over 500 yards of passing yards. Wait, wait we're doing prop bets? First time ever in the show. I'm telling you right now, Sam Ellinger over the 305 and a half yards. That's my third pick. He's not going to get to 400 jumping, but he's going to get over 305 and a half yards. Take that. Lock that up. Someone woke up up way too early to get that bet in. (laughs) You're diving deep into the DraftKings app. Boy, we we are really holding these reads – to the to the fire, aren't we? We're really making sure that you can get everything out of these DraftKings and everything else. <laughs> well, no, that's why I thought it was funny. You're talking about Texas, and you're like, he's not going to throw for 400 he yards. Not, and I'm no. like, well, he better go over 300. <laughs> <laughs> that's outstanding. All right, that's going to be a lot to type here on the NES oh, uh, 1000 CCT. All right, do you Just guys put, have? When you put it down uh, when you put it down for the tweet. Just make sure you can fit in future Bears quarterback Sam Ellinger in the uh... Heisman winner as well. Yeah. No. I love that. That's really fun. All right. Do you guys have a tiebreaker? <laughs> um. No. I, I, well, since I can't pick Sam Ellinger over 300.5 yards or whatever how, the hell that how, was. How about La- Lakers minus five and a half? Uh, no, no, come on, across board. Hey, what college football show we're doing here? Come on, come on. I well, you well we, got, we got a prop bet here. This rogue prop well, bet I, that came g- out of nowhere. Give me uh, Anthony Davis over <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 um, no. No, give me, uh, let's hey, see. I gave you college on. football. Well, you got anything, Ar- Army Cincinnati? Army Cincinnati. Give me, uh, you want to get weird, we'll get weird. Give me uh, Georgia minus 15 and a half halftime. Against oh, Arkansas. You want to go first quarter? Oh, how about this? No, I like this better. Georgia what? minus seven first quarter. Uh yeah, that's that makes sense. Lock it up. Yeah, I I don't know what this is with my team. I don't I like the numbers. What thirty and a half? Yeah. For, for, no, no shot. No. Yeah, but you could beat win the first quarter. Yeah. Is but, uh but, is J T Daniels playing today? I don't. I don't know that he won't say who's playing. Kirby won't say who's playing. This is why it's frustrating. That's why I like Florida to win the uh, the the uh, division. But I like Georgia minus seven in the first quarter. That that makes sense against a bad Arkansas team. What mm-hmm. do you have, Chris? 
Uh, give me the Mississippi State uh, fighting Mike Leeches, the plus 15 and a half points. I'll, I'll roll with the Bulldogs tonight. So as of two hours ago, JT Daniels was not cleared. Right. But Kirby Smart yeah. said you never know what could happen in the next See? four hours. See, you just you – just, <laughs> this is why this is not going to be a good season. This is hold, not – Hold on, guys. You, now, here's what you're going to learn, Jonathan, with Kirby Smart and JT Daniels. Unless JT Daniels is promised playing time, he's going to want to opt out. He's going to want to go somewhere else. <laughs> Easy. Easy there. I know. He's very sensitive. Right. You can't compete for no, no. I'm not Jay. Listen, I will take Keaton Slovis every day of the week over JT Daniels. So don't even get get me started on this. It's just he was promised a starting gig, and then he he bounced the moment he didn't get it. So good luck. Yeah, it's it's not going to be um, the greatest season for Georgia. It's going to be maybe next year when they establish who's going to be the quarterback for the team. It's going to be a, fun, a good season, but just not a great season. It's just going to be a step below Florida, I believe, because of trash. They just had the advantage of the quarterback spot. That's my whole deal. So that's, that's what it is, unfortunately. And that is our very busy, uh, controversial uh, Saturday Night Specials right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Eric, can we hear from uh, Coach Muschamp? Because uh, as we take a look at South Carolina and uh, the um, Tennessee, Tennessee Volunteers, let's hear from Muschamp. He's excited to get back to football. Well, we got uh, Tennessee here Saturday night at williams Bryce Stadium, 7.30 kick on the SEC Network. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that again because that feels kind of good to say. And we got Tennessee Saturday night, 7.30, williams Bryce Stadium, SEC Network. Uh, it feels really good to say that. Excited for our players, our staff, uh, our school, our fan base. Uh, you know, just excited to get back for college football, get back to some normalcy here in the Southeastern Conference here at the University of South Carolina. Uh, and can't wait to kick it off on Saturday night. All right, uh, some thoughts there from Will Muschamp. We will have our Heisman watch next right here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Immerse yourself in the world of college football. Now, back to more ESPN 1000 Chicago College Tailgate Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. It's college football's highest honor. From now on, your name will be followed by the words Heisman Trophy winner. Along with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. Here's Jonathan Hood. Thank you, Jonathan. As we take a look at uh, the Heisman Watch, it's a week four of the college football season. ESPN.com each week asks 13 writers on ESPN.com to vote on the Heisman throughout the season, and then they compile a list. So thus far this week, at number five, De'Aaron King from Miami, the quarterback, he will be in primetime tonight. Number four, Sam Ellinger, the quarterback at Texas, taking on Texas Tech later on today. Number three, Spencer Rattler, the quarterback from Oklahoma. He is currently playing right now in that contest. Oklahoma leads 21-7 to in the third quarter. He has three touchdowns, two interceptions. He's 19 for 21 with 198 yards of throwing on the day for the number three Heisman candidate, Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma at the moment. Number two, how about this? Welcome Justin Fields, quarterback at Ohio State on the board. Oh, hello. Ohio State, yes, they have yet to play a game, 
But Justin Fields is now number two on the Heisman list. And number one, quarterback at Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, got 65% of the votes on ESPN.com to be the number one candidate for the Heisman. Uh, I don't disagree with that list. Do you, Adam? No, I mean, look, it's a quarterback award. Like, I can say Travis Etienne. I could say Najee Harris, you know. But this is a this has become a quarterback award. So it's basically who's going to be the best quarterback. Is it going to be Trevor Lawrence? Is it going to be Justin Fields? So I think it's going to come down to those two, and it's most likely going to be Trevor Lawrence. We thank you for listening and being part of the program here on Chicago's College Tailgate on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Our thanks to Tyler and Eric on the other side of the glass, producing and directing the program. Uh, and uh, don't forget the podcast of this show is in the Black and Abdallah tab on the ESPN Chicago app. All right, coming up, we're talking college football. We continue with college football as we will join in progress Florida uh, in their matchup here. We're going to join that game and Ole Miss in progress right here on ESPN 1000. For Chris and Adam, I'm Jonathan Hood. We'll join you next Saturday with another edition of Chicago's College Tailgate right here on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000.